Summer speed. Sound production, take one. Roll sound. Roll speed. Sound production, take two. And action. Back to another episode of The Life of Pi with me, your host, P. Young. And if you are new to this, or you're new to this channel, you're going to find me for the first time, thank you and welcome. This is a podcast about movies and television. And right now, we are currently covering HBO Max's miniseries, Tokyo Vice. And tonight, I'm talking about episode 7 of 8. And this episode is titled, Sometimes They Disappear. And so before I dive into this, I actually want to make a quick little announcement. We will, I will be recording a Stranger Things Chapter 1 episode coming up here on Tuesday, so it should be released on Wednesday. And then sometime early next week, I will have Tokyo Vice Episode 8, which will wrap up that completely. I will be out of town next weekend, so you won't be any new episodes till later in the following week. So, again, diving into this, Episode 7 of Tokyo Vice. And also, thank you for the views and the watch and everything. I've been seeing it go up. Again, so much appreciated and much love to all y'all. Um, let's get it. Episode 7. We open on Paulina getting into a limo. And she's listening to a song in Japanese. And it's the Kiss Me song. Kiss Me. I think it's by the Gym Blossoms or something. I don't know. I won't sing too much for you guys. You guys just got enough of that right there in the two seconds. So she gets into a limo. And gets driven off. And then it, it kind of pans out while she's in the limo listening to her headsets, all in Japan, parts of her in Japanese. And it zooms out to, it flips over, well, not zooms out, but it flips over to the docks and you see a body floating in the docks. And it's a dead body and we see that it's the body of the mechanic that Sato got information out of last episode in episode six. So again, a lot of tiebacks and callbacks to each previous episodes in the newest episode. So, we have the next shot is Category, Detective Category, as I as they pronounce it. He's in the autopsy room, and he's looking at the body, just like Shaggy's had disgusted, because he knows that basically this man was killed because of the information that he gave out. And so... We have our next scene is it opens up and there's a man being Sato is dragging a man across the floor, kicking and screaming. And then Sato proceeds to pour lighter fluid all over him and get ready to basically light him on fire and burn him to death. And so he screams, I'll sign the papers, I'll sign the papers. And basically we find out that Toshida shows up and he's like, you know, we give your money, start your first business, and you try to start another one without cutting us in. And that's not how this works. Now that we have our clause in, you're basically stuck with us forever. You're going to sign over half the casino to us and half to you. So basically, once you get into bed with these guys, with the, with the Yakuza, and they give you loans and stuff, these people are basically owned for the rest of their lives, and they're basically losing half their profits, and they have to make payments on top of it. So it's a pretty pretty raw deal, honestly, with the way everything works. I don't know, again, I don't know if it's still happening now. This is based in the 90s. So it's uh, it's a pretty little brutal scene. And, um, 
yeah, it's it's a brutal scene, and of course we have we, we flip over. Jake's been it's and it's a month has gone by since we since and we we're, we're known, not known, but we're being told that it's been a month by somebody at the police station saying, you know, Jake called again for Detective Category, and he's upset with him as we remember from the previous episode, the big drug bust that was basically covered up by Miyamoto, Detective Miyamoto, who is now a traitor, as we found out. And basically, Category's like, I'm not talking to him. You know, he basically screwed me here. And so we find out he's been calling every day for a month. And Category meets with his captain, to, you know, to talk about the dead mechanic and the tie into all the all this, these dead bodies and these suicide, four suicides, and how everything is tied in together. And so the press, the the uh, police actually hold a press conference. And they have the conclusion that they, they have a, a murder case that Miyamoto has magically solved all of a sudden. And they won't. And, and of course, they, they're, they give their, these reporters literally zero information to write about and like nothing. They go, that's all we're giving you is that he solved the case and that's it. And so basically the way I took it in this scene was this is basically a way. To make Miyamoto look good in the eyes of the people after he was called out in the newspaper. And Detective Kadiger were both called out for screwing up the big drug bust. So, again, it's a good way to make him look good. And um, we flip over and Miyamoto and a couple of his partners are called into their boss's office in narcotics. And they are asked to join Detective Categories. Basically, it's it's like a vice squad or something like that. And they're they're basically asked to team up to take down um, Tozawa. They said they have a bunch of information gathered against him, and they want they need to team up together to work in unison to basically take him down for good and not be able to let him go again. So Miyamoto's like, you know, what information does he have? He goes, you have to talk to him about it. So then we flip over. Another thing again, they, I like that how much they they flip around a lot. So sometimes it does get a little bit confusing following the storylines, but you know that's just that's what we're, that's what we're dealing with with this show. Lots of storylines, and again, they're all they all come together certain at the perfect time. The way they have the storylines coming together, the timing is fantastic. So we flip over, and we have Samantha at her. And her club was not, isn't again, it's not open yet. It's an empty club. There's contractors in there, you know, marking stuff. They're starting to build a little bit of stuff in there. And Samantha is trying to recruit one of her, is trying to recruit Luna to join her business. And Luna's basically like, look, I'm not getting involved with you because your boyfriend is Sato. He's part of the Yakuza. And the Yakuza is going to make you pay. And I don't want any piece of what the Yakuza is doing. And you're going to have to pay them. It's going to be a big thing. And that your boyfriend's going to have to... Are you actually going to be able to pay your boyfriend? And basically, she's like, I make good money where I'm at now. And she doesn't want to upset the boat with that. And she basically tells her no. And of course, Samantha is frustrated. Offers her in this insane percentage of basically the business. She's like, no, I don't want it. It's too dangerous. So, Samantha, again, 
visibly upset. She's just like, she can't get these girls to come with her. What like she thought she's going to be able to do. And so we flip back over and Samantha is back at her regular hostess club and she's calling Paulina. As we remember last episode, Samantha was, wasn't at work for like a week or so. Now Paulina has been gone for a while. So Samantha is freaking out, calling her saying, you need to call me back. It's been a week. And then we see that we flip over to Sato and Samantha eating dinner, talking about Luna and the club and Paulina, and she's been missing for a week. And it's just, they're a very bored couple at this point. You can see this, and there's like, how was work? He's like, good. He goes, how was your work? They're like, good. And she mentions Luna, and he's just like, and you know. They're very bored by each other because it's because they can't talk about really their work or their personal their their work in their personal lives because they contradict each other and it's just it's a whole thing and it's all it's reaching a tipping point you can kind of tell and so we flip back over Miyamoto meets with Jake's boss to talk about the case to get info for the story in return. Yeah, so, she, so he basically, what we have here, we have a dinner scene. I'll just flip back here. We have a dinner scene. We're back at the restaurant. They're always eating at them. Miyamoto always likes to go with the short ribs. And so Jake's boss is meeting with Miyamoto to try and get information on this murder story that he saw. So she has something to write about. And so basically she's trying to buy information by buying him dinner. And basically you can tell that Miyamoto is taking this meeting because he's trying to figure out what the newspaper knows about the appending Toazawa arrests or the rest that they're going to try and make. And of course, she's not going to give him very much information. And, you know, basically they're just like, they're at an impasse. Neither one wants to get information. Neither one wants to confirm or deny the information they're given. So they're both playing hardball. So then we'll flip over to Jake's boss trying to get a hold of him. Call and track him down. And of course, Jake's with a prostitute again. So now he's like just Mr. Prostitution Man. <laughs> and he takes the call and basically is like, you know, I'll track this person down for you. No problem. And then as Jake's leaving, he bumps into an old college buddy and and kind of, and kind of blows him off a little bit. You know, it's a subtle bluff. He's like, you know, I'll take your number, whatever. He goes, but I might be working. I might not be working. I can't guarantee we'll be able to get there. He goes, no problem. No big deal. And so we flip over. We're back at the Ishoda Yakuza house. And Sato is not happy with his new recruit. Basically walks in with the shoebox and goes, why is there a scuff mark or a fingerprint or something on these shoes? You can't really tell. And basically tells his recruit that he needs to do better. And like this is like unacceptable and everything. Of course, it's the 90s. His guys are in there talking about the Matrix. And, you know, they take the red pill or the blue pill. And Sato's like, why don't you take the pill? That would make you shut shut up and go back to work, basically. So, And we can see the guy that Sato beat up. Still got the black guy. His face is all cut up and everything. And... We flip back over again to Samantha. She is now at Paulina's place with Paulina's roommate. I forget her name. I didn't get a chance. I forgot to write it down. You know, basically trying to find clues about where she's at, where she's going. And Paulina's 
roommate could give two shits less where she's at, what she's doing. Ah, she's like, I don't know, she'll be back. I have a boyfriend, he's a pilot, I'm never home, blah, 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 blah. It's like, congratulations on all your success. Um, and then we jump back over. There's a lot of cutscenes, real quick short scenes in this one, so we're doing a lot of bouncing around, so just stay with me. Miyamoto chats with Katagiri about what info he has and basically what, you know, he's trying to figure out what he has, what cases he has, what evidence he has, and where it's at, you know, and can he look at it, and Katagiri's like, it's, you know, it's down in lockup, and no one's going to see it until we're ready to prosecute and present, you know, our all of our information. So, of course, Miyamoto, as we know, is a mole and a rat, you know, double agent, whatever you want to call him, for Tozawa. So, he, of course, is, you know, he's not allowed in there, so he's like, he's like, how the hell am I getting there kind of thing. And then we cut back to Samantha. Uh, she's going to the salon with Paulina, where Paulina's boyfriend is getting some kind of, like, hair perm or something with all the other dudes who are getting their hair done, like, really, I don't know, they're getting their hair, they're getting all, they're at a beauty salon, I, with, like, a bunch of dudes at a beauty salon, I don't know, I don't get it. Um, and, basically, she's asking, you know, where is she, when was the last time you seen her, he goes, I don't know, I don't care, you know how many girls are lining up to be with me, basically thinking he's, like, God's gift to women. And so basically they kind of make fun of Samantha and Samantha storms out. So at least we have Samantha who is trying to track down her friend who actually cares what's going on with her friend, wants to know what's going on, what's wrong with her, etc. You know, someone who actually gives a crap. And then we flip back over. Jake's on the phone with his boss about all the ignored police phone calls and, and like basically find out the police ignored all bunch of phone calls that this girl people made on this girl's behalf or she made about her boyfriend, you know, beating her up and this and that. We find the police ignored them. And this basically led to her murder. And we flip over and Ashoda is meeting with the police and Sato gets a call in the middle of it. And this is where we find out a little bit, we'll get a little background to Sato's basically family life. So he shows up at the hospital. We find out it's his brother that called him. So he has a brother. We find out that his dad, it's looking like a heart attack at this point. And the mother sees him and walks in and basically tells him to get lost. You are dead to me. You are no longer part of this family. And... He offers to pay for all the bills, the rehab, you know, whatever he can. And she slaps him across the face, I think once or twice, and tells him to get lost. You are dead to this family. I don't want your blood money. So it's a very uncomfortable scene. Obviously, they know what he does for a living, and they do not approve of what he does, you know, as you may not in that situation. So then we flip over, and Jake is calling... Category to speak to him at home and his daughter's like, you know, he's not here and if he was, he wanted to speak to you and she basically hangs up on cute little adorable girl. She's like seven or eight maybe. She's like okay, bye. And that's the end of that. And then we flip back over to Detective Miyamoto who is now camping out outside, smoking a cigarette outside the police station in the rain waiting for a category to go home. And so, we kind of, you kind of know 
what he's going to try and do here next, but we will get there in a couple minutes. And so we flip over. Tozawa is getting another one of his injections, and we see he's in a tux, and we're like, okay, what's going on? The doctor goes, you know, it'll be a couple minutes for it to kick in and everything. And we find out, and he walks out, and we find out it is his birthday. So it's Tazawa's birthday. He, you know, he's shit, he's big handing everybody, shaking hands, you know, talking to people. Very important looking individuals. He's got a very classy lady singing, like, I'm assuming just classical Japanese theater songs or something. I, I don't really know. Uh, everybody's dressed up to the nine, he's tuxedos and everything, and and so while this lady's singing, after he gives his little speech after dinner, he sees Miyamoto, and of course we Miyamoto went from the police station to here, and so he's now at Tozawa's birthday party, and it cuts, and we have Jake drinking with his buddy at a bar. And basically his sister gets brought up and people say, you know, she's not doing good, this and that. And basically Jake's like, well, people need to shut the hell up what they don't know about. She's fine. So once again, Jake's sister, I think it was suicide she tried, I believe. Um, so it's a very sore subject. Again, rightfully so. If that was my sibling or something, I won't want people talking about that crap either. Like people need to not talk about it and mind their own business kind of thing. I get that, so I get why Jake would be upset. You know, immediately apologizes and go ahead and he takes his buddy to his favorite club, which we've been to three or four times now for the plate and scene, get the backstreet boys. It's a really hop it's a really cool looking place. And of course he tells but you know, go grab a table, whatever, I'll grab us drinks real quick. And so of course, Jake then spots Tozawa's girl, Miskai, Misika. Masika, I'm probably butchering this lady's name, and I apologize. And he and he goes to talk to her, and she kind of blows him off a little bit, like. And then we flip back over to Sato. Sato is um. Basically, he shows up outside the hostess club that Paulina's boyfriend works at. They're all out there, like trying to get girls to come to the club, and you see him chatting up this this pretty girl on the street. And they come, Sato and Samantha come storming up the sidewalk and smacks him in the face and then punches him in the face. He's like, not my face, not my face, it's my money maker. And then, of course, these two guys run, run up and they're like, what are you doing? And he turns around and he goes, I will effing kill you. And they run away because they're scared because they know who he is. And so basically, he's like trying to figure out, he's trying to get information about where Samantha, we're not Samantha, where Paulina is. And so we see we find out that she's been shipped off somewhere because she couldn't pay back the debt from the again the previous episode where she was getting hammered, racked up a mass bill buying thousand a couple thousand dollar bottles of you know champagne, you know, and all kinds of liquor and stuff, and she couldn't pay her bill. So she was sent somewhere to work it off, essentially. And so Samantha wants to go in and talk to the club owner to get more information about what's going on. And the club owner refuses to speak to her because she's a foreigner. Again, different time period, different different way of doing things over there. So she speaks, you know, she says she'll speak to Sato. 
and then we flip back over and we get to yeah so yeah we're there all right yeah I lost my place for a second guys sorry yeah so Samantha gets sent back outside then we flip back over we're back with Miyamoto Miyamoto is meeting with Tozawa as birthday party outside in secret going look they have this information on you and they're going to use this case and they're going to use all stuff against you to basically put you in jail for a long time. And of course, Miyamoto, once out from underneath Tozawa, he's like, you know, he goes, this, this relationship is getting too dangerous for me. I've covered for you on several huge things, you know, including the plane. He said, then they mentioned a couple other things. And so basically Tozawa tells him, you get misinformation, we're done. We're finished. We're even. We're square. And then we get we flip back over to the club, and Sato's being told that Pauline has been sent away to work off her debt, like we found out. And then as he's talking to the club owner, the club owner is giving him severe attitude, basically like, you're not going to do anything, because I know you have to keep the peace kind of thing. And he spots Tozawa's men in, in the club, and it's owned by Ashoda, Ashoda's club. They're owned by it, and Tozawa's men are being allowed. She basically, she basically tells him, you're not going to do anything. You can't do anything because you're not allowed to break the truce and the peace. She goes, so how would your boss like it if I told him you were coming down here causing problems? And how do you think that Tazawa would react? So basically, he's given very minor details and basically told to get the hell out of the club. That he can't do anything and he knows he can't. And then, of course, in the street... Sato and Samantha have their inevitable blow up about their personal lives because they can't talk about their work lives and essentially they break up. They start screaming at each other. I won't bore the details. Basically, like he, you only want me around when you need something. And then I do something for you. You're nowhere to be found. And basically, he just he feels like he's being used. And so we are back at the club, at the the nightclub with Jake and his buddy. And he starts dancing with the Zawa's girl, and her one of her girlfriends is dancing with Jake's buddy. And they're outside talking and everything. And um, Misaki, that's how you pronounce the girl's name, Misaki. There it is. Uh, she's she's a beautiful girl too, absolutely beautiful. Most of the, most, pretty much everybody in the show is absolutely the girls are just absolutely stunning. And so we flip back over from the dance club to Suzawa's birthday party. And all of a sudden, like, a guy walks up and goes, you know, I really appreciate what you did, you know, inviting me to the party and what you did for us. My boss says, unfortunately, our deal's not going to be able to work out. And then Suzawa's, like, really, like, taken aback by it. And he starts to get, like, all wobbly and, like, shaky. and And basically, he passes out in the middle of his party and he just says only the only thing he says my Saki and he just he just keeps saying his girl's name over and over again as he's like not, like passing out and not breathing very well and then we're back at the club and again they're outside they're talking everything and because that was men show up looking for her and find her they're like you need to come with us and of course Jake's like all right you know whatever you know, you got to go, you got to go. And Jake's buddy 
tries to jump in, not knowing what is happening and who these people are, and basically gets a knife to the face. And, is, and, is, and it, like, and Jake's like, whoa, 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 he doesn't know who you are. Like, he's an American. He doesn't understand what's happening. So a good friend jumps in immediately because he understands he sees his friend's about to get literally murdered for this. And that's a huge reality check. You know, you're in a foreign city. You don't really know all the customs and who who is capable of doing what in what situation and stuff like that. It's a big reality check for someone like him coming over from America. Um, and, of course, on the way home from the club, Jake picks up a paper, grabs paper on the way home, and sees that his story about the cops missing all the phone calls and whatnot, which led to the murder... Are, are on the, I think, the second to last page of the newspaper is what he says. And so he's very upset about it. Rightfully so, you know. It's it's a very important story that he needs to know about. So he's pissed, and he goes to his boss's house, and they basically talk about why they keep doing it. She, she goes, because eventually we're going to find something that's going to stick, and they're going to have to, to publish it. And she, she goes, this is what I know. This is, she goes, this is what we do. Because we keep going, we keep pushing for the people who don't have a voice. So again, his boss is freaking awesome and hat out there, super awesome boss, super supportive, works her butt off. Um, and then Jake gets home, you know, after a super long night, as we know from everything that's happened during the day. And who is sitting on his doorstep? Samantha. And you and you have to imagine he's probably like, oh my god, like what now? What? Like what could possibly be going on now? Probably four or five in the morning. He's getting home, if not later, I'm guessing. He's getting newspapers probably four or five in the morning. Um, basically, Samantha's asking him for help, and he's just like, okay, and lets her in. The next thing we, next shot we see is a very important shot in this show. Um, we have Miyamoto is going around the police station trying to trying to find a way to get into. The um, the file cabinet place where where they keep all all the the court documents that they're going to use against him, against Tozawa. And so eventually he picks the lock, and he finds the box as evidence for against Tozawa, and he goes through and sees that it's empty. And then all of a sudden, over the corner, you see like a red blinking light, and you can see that someone is recording him. And he sees and he knows that he's been caught trying breaking in and going to the evidence that he's looking for. So he's just been found. They just found out that he is the rat. He is an informer, basically, and that he's trying to find information there. And we see that he's being watched. We don't know who was watching him, but I'm sure you guys all. But I'm sure we have some guesses as to who it is. But that will have to wait till next episode, episode eight, which is the final one for this season, which is a really intense one. Again, that one will be sometime in the first week of July. It won't be this coming weekend. I just I won't won't, won't even be in the state or anything like that. So I will be finishing this one up. So don't worry. Again, like I said before, the beginning of the episode, we do have Stranger Things recording Tuesday night. I'm hoping to have it up Wednesday evening. Again, we'll be having two different guests on, so I'm really excited about that. Be sure to check it out. And this one will be a little different. Um, you're not going to see any of this probably that you see now. It's probably it's basically just going to be a screen grab because they're all because two they're in two different parts of the country. One's on the west coast and one's here in Illinois. 
So I'm gonna do a screen grab via Zoom. And so basically that's what you're gonna see while I'm up on YouTube is just the screen grab that we have. And that's that's the way we're gonna do this one. It's a little different. Because again, they're different states, but they're you know, they're gracious enough to come on. So I'm really excited. Again, one's a first time guest, one's a repeat guest. He's been on, I think, twice now. That so this will be his third time coming back, I believe. And the one will be his first time coming on. So excited to have both these guys on. It's gonna be an awesome episode. I'm actually gonna go start rewatching Stranger Things here as soon as I wrap up. And again, guys, I asked, I you know, not I guess not asked, but go ahead, you know, feel, you see the subscribe button, go ahead and like, subscribe. Um, it helps me out, helps the show out a lot. Um, be sure to follow me on all my social medias. In Life of Pi, look for this logo. <laughs> here um but again yeah so be sure to follow me on all, all social medias instagram facebook twitter i'm all all of them and again if there's a movie or a tv show you want me to talk about or cover or you want to come on and talk about and cover if i don't know you at all you know literally just direct message me and we'll set something up if it's something i can get my hands on to watch we'll set something up and we'll make it happen you know i'm always up for meeting new people and having guests on that i don't i've never met personally that's the fun of doing this podcasting stuff it's a good time so now that I've rambled for two minutes, we'll wrap this up. So thank you guys again so much for watching and listening. Yeah, and that's you know that's all I got for you guys tonight. I will talk to you guys all next week. And if I don't see you before then, happy 4th of July. Be safe out there. And I will talk to you all later. And as always, I hope you've enjoyed your slice of pie.